Ja. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my dear friends, fans, and colleagues, no matter where you are and when you're listening. Welcome back to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. And as I like to say, if you're listening live, you don't need a clock. You know it is 11 a.m. Pacific uh, on a Wednesday. And um, aren't we lucky that 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 weird-sounding music uh, straightened itself out uh, just in time? Thank you. We are in gratitude. Technology, what you're going to do with it? Anyway, uh, I am uh, Karen Tate, uh, if you're new to the show, and uh, my guests and I discuss all manner of subjects that uh, my mama told me to never discuss at the dining room table, uh, whether that be sex, power, gender, religion, politics, and today it's going to be uh, sacred plant medicine. And the theme of the show is uh, restoring the sacred feminine in plant medicine. And we have returning to the show a longtime guest uh, who it's my pleasure uh, to hear her voice again and have her back. Uh, we have Marguerite Regalioso with us, and um, she was on uh, earlier in the year with some uh, great topics about Mary Magdalene. You can find her in the archives. Uh, she's been a returning guest uh, here for many years. Uh, but today, uh, let me tell you a little bit about her and a little bit more about what we're going to chat about. Uh, Marguerite, um, she's a Ph.D., founding director of the Seven Sisters Mystery School, where she serves as teacher, mentor, and oracle of the Dove Priestess with a special attunement to plant medicine, mentorship, and bridging dimensions. The foremost authority on the history of virgin birth, Rigoglioso is the author of the bold new award-winning book, The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception, Mary and the Lineage of Virgin Births. Uh, She's taught graduate and undergraduate courses in the U.S. and U.K., and in 2012 founded the Seven Sisters Mystery School, though she's been teaching about the sacred feminine and mentoring clients on the evolutionary spiritual path. She's also the author of Virgin Mother Goddesses of Antiquity and the Cult of Divine Birth in Ancient Greece, uh, all very, very provocative, interesting uh, topics that suck you right in. And we've uh, talked about those topics uh, before here on the show. You can check the archives, and uh, maybe we'll do a refresher uh, you know, if, if uh, Marguerite is up to it. Uh, but today, as I said, you know, we're talking about uh, plant medicine, and um, we're going to discuss why people are becoming more interested in it, what it does for people. Um, now that uh, 
plant medicines like cannabis are legal. Uh, here in Oregon, uh, psilocybin is even legal. Um, we'll see if we can understand and find balance with right usage rather than misuse. We'll talk about that. Uh, Marguerite will share why she's gone from private to public regarding the use of cannabis, how various sacred plants around the world relate to each other, how plant medicines promote gnosis and, and inner knowing. And um, uh, Marguerite believes that uh, Santa Maria, Lady Cannabis, holds wisdom for the world's challenges, uh, which will also be a topic of conversation. Um, and finally, if we have ta uh, time, or at some point during our chat, uh, we'll delve into uh, the divine feminine roots of sacred medicine plants, such as cannabis and cacao, and how we can more deeply align with and restore her feminine aspects for the healing and balancing of our world today. So uh, we've got a lot to get to, so let's uh, jump right in without uh, uh, any more delays. So, uh, Marguerite, let's... Uh, I guess let's start maybe at the top. Uh, why do you think people are more interested in plant medicine these days than they have in, say, decades past? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me again, Karen. It's always wonderful to be in conversation with you on your show. Um, and so in terms of why plant medicine now, you know, people are opening their consciousness to deeper and deeper layers of knowing in general. And plant medicine, the sacred plant medicines that open awareness, that, that send us into open states, is a big ally in that movement. Some people are, are open for the first time to these inter-ultra dimensions, or some people work with them in conjunction with their meditations um, where they have, you know, already started having, the, having these openings or synchronicities or samadhi kundalini awakening experiences and so forth that, that tell them that there's more than the third, the three dimensions. So for many hundreds and thousands of years, really, Humanity has been using these medicines as guides to the inner planes, as um, ways of assisting us with healing, and as ways of assisting us with bettering planet Earth. And so all of that stuff is up right now in this very, very intense time that the entire planet is going through. And so the plants are here and people are saying, hey, these are allies. I'm going to see what this is all about, how it can help me in my own life, and how I can work with plant medicine to be a minister of healing and change in our world. Well, and I want to get into that, but for you know, people who may be hearing this and maybe it's not legal in their state or, you know, they still think about what authority figures have said for so many years, um, you know, that this was bad, This these are, were going to be gateway drugs to something else. Um, why do you think um, authority figures steered us away from this for so many decades? Two reasons. One is a good reason and one is a bad reason. And both of them lead to what essentially are bad reasons. The good reason is that these plants are strong. 
they can bring the uninitiated and the unprepared and the traumatized into very intense encounters with their own psychological material, with inner planes, all sorts of entities and so forth. Um, And it can be overwhelming, if not damaging to the person without proper guidance. So we do want to protect our young people and so forth from these kinds of things. Um, They can also lead to addictions because there are addiction energies that can wend their way in when people overuse, misuse, and use for the wrong reasons, okay, like to anesthetize instead of awaken the consciousness. (laughs) Um, And so so that, that would be a good reason why we want to, you know, regulate or not have very accessible these medicines. But the bad reason is that ultimately these medicines are powerful awakeners and that awakening does not serve the patriarchy. It does not serve a social structure and the people who benefit from that structure to have people who are questioning the structure, providing alternatives, uh, not cooperating with the structure, et cetera, et cetera. So it's part, it's part of a big clampdown on people accessing higher dimensional help, higher dimensional yeah. consciousness, and so forth. And ultimately, even the good reason we want to protect people, we want to protect our, our young people, underneath that is a patriarchal society that has come off of its shamanic moorings to begin with, where all of these plants were originally known about, used in sacredness, in sacred ceremony, but all of that got cut off uh, or suppressed or, you know, colonized and, and um, violently disappeared and so forth so that we have people floating around with these medicines without the underpinnings of the elders and the, the cultural traditions that could guide us in enough force, okay? So the, the bottom underpinning of the suppression of these medicines is really that it threatens patriarchy and all of what that means. And there are multidimensional layers of what that means as well, Karen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I mean, listeners should be aware that, um, you know, and connect the dots between, I mean, for instance, just, uh, you know, DeSantis in Florida uh, banning books. Uh, and trying to couch it as if uh, he's trying to give kids a better education while he's trying to stifle the real history of the country, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing. I mean, Tom Hartman had an article out this morning about, you know, the GOP trying to dumb down uh, Americans, you know. And, uh, and I, I really do think there's a concerted effort to uh, stifle any kind of awakening, stifle knowledge, stifle education, uh, because it, um, uh, you know, it makes an electorate, you know, uh, uh, or citizens that are going to question and be more thoughtful and maybe have some critical thinking and maybe think through the, excuse me, but the bullshit. That's right. That's right. And what we are able to see when we access these medicines is realms 
beyond what we could have wildly imagined that are actually showing us what is running the show of these structures, which go as much as the Democrats, as the Republicans, and everyone. Because this is about the, the energies that run the structure of power on this planet in whatever format you're talking about, religious, political, medical, educational, and so forth. And that is what you start accessing when you start going into the world of open state psychic consciousness plants help you do. So that is a real super threat to the powers that be that are really not even seen, Karen, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So um, what about some examples? You know, um, what is it and what does it do for people? Can you kind of give some, rather than talk in generalities or vagueness, maybe give some examples of, uh, you know, person A did this and the result was this? Right. Well, on the personal front, plant medicine can be very healing. It can be directed with your intention to create a healing ceremony in which you can heal trauma. You can heal yourself physically. Um, you know, there are many instances of people using medicines, going into their sacred ceremonies, um, and then experiencing um, either physical ailments disappearing or lessening or they, they receive the guidance as to how to handle those physical ailments, and even more importantly, the psychological ailments that are plaguing most of us, okay? When you go into plant medicine, you are, you are presented with your own psyche. What is in there? The good, the bad, the wounded, and the traumatized. So you can you can be working with plants to help show you what is the trauma, where did it come from, not only in this lifetime, but you will often see your karma past lifetimes, and then what to do about it. There might be various ways that you, um, you are restoring your soul in this lifetime and you've got to, um, you know, make some kind of amends or you need to change your behavior or you need to open your heart. You need to be more self-loving, right? You need to see, see and act in different ways, um, that type of thing. You know, for me personally, when I started working with sacred plant medicine and my first one was psilocybin mushrooms, I worked with that for a few months and then it was really a little bit too intense for me. And then a number of years later, I happened into working with cannabis. That was a more manageable plant ally for me. But both of them, and especially the psilocybin mushrooms, showed me straight out a lot of my karma, how I had misused power in past lives, how that had led to um, what I had chosen to incarnate into in this lifetime, and so forth, right? It was a great mm -hmm. humbling, and it helped me to, I believe and hope, become a more effective spiritual teacher and leader because then I realized, oh, my gosh, the, the evil has been within me. I have enacted the evil. It's not just all out there 
Um, and so it, it began the shadow integration process for me, which I teach to others, and it, it lets us be much more effective people and healers rather than groups that are just all about love and light or all about perfection. And then meanwhile, the shadow is running rampant, destroying that group or, you know, just creating all sorts of problems because the, the negative is projected out instead of owned by the leadership and by everyone present. You know, that's where we're going is in that integration. So for me, plants were a great shadow integration. Now I'm, I, I use it um, for physical healing, you know, for a, a lot of women have uterine issues. Cannabis, you can go in and you can ask for the guides, the guidance <clears throat> in the healing stream that you need to release, you know, various uterine issues or, you know, what have you. Um, ayahuasca has put people quite directly in touch with numbers of things, their, their trauma and so forth. So that is the personal healing aspect. But then there is the awakening of consciousness aspect, which is phenomenal. You start seeing, oh my gosh, there is a whole amazing ecosystem of beings and intelligences in the other planes. Who are they? What are they about? Which ones are friendly? Which ones are not friendly? How do I work with them? How do I ally with them? How do I protect myself from the ones that are not so great and are plaguing our world, you know? Um, you know, you can just have extreme experiences of unitive consciousness, of angelic understandings, of heart opening, right? All of these kinds of things are what can happen on the positive when you're working with these various types of plant medicines, and each one has their own level of intensity for you. You know, you can go up the ladder from blue lotus to mama cacao to cannabis, then to the mushroom family, then all the way to the ayahuasca family, and then all the way to the synthetic, synthesized drugs that I personally, it's not for me, but the MDMA of the world that rockets people in 10 seconds into dimensions that are, you know, can be quite intense and often too much for people. But so we are training ourselves in how to work in the inter, inner dimensions. Some people do it through lucid dreaming, but we are training ourselves to be conscious when in the body and when not in the body. So this helps us in our evolution. It helps us when we cross over out of our bodies and get into our bardo state you know, into our next incarnation and so forth. I mean, this is the panoply of what's available through wise use of plant medicine. And there are initiations all along the way. And sometimes they are not comfortable in the plant medicine um, space. You can have death rebirth experiences, ego dissolvings, right? All sorts of things. You can feel like you're under attack, right? So this is why we and I train people through my Sacred Feminine Plant Medicine Academy, for example, in how to have and set up safe spaces so you can graduate into more and more intense things and feel equipped to make the initiation and not overwhelmed and re-traumatized. Okay, so I want to ask you about that, but I want to ask you a um, kind of a bigger 
uh, picture question. So when we say um, we make the general, you know, the general statement that the plant medicines can kind of help humanity evolve, um, can you maybe be a little bit more specific about what you're talking about? Because that seems, um, I don't know, maybe that's too much to wrap your head around. No, no. I certainly can address how it's helping humanity to evolve. Well, we are in a world in which conflict is pretty much a lot of the order of the day. Conflict is a result of a number of factors, previous trauma, and then energies that are working on the inner planes that that goad it and love it to happen. So one of the ways that plant medicine can help us evolve our world is we are able to see what is going on. Oh, these beings are operating and they're fomenting conflict. And how am I participating in this conflict? Oh, because I have these traumas and these leaks and these tendencies, my space can get played and I can get into my conflict scene with people. So I can now do something differently. I can act from a place of greater awareness, all right? Um, the, the awakening of the consciousness also helps people understand that there are multiple ways of healing, some of which are completely outside Western allopathic medicine. And that puts the power in people's own hands. How can I be my own healer? How can I work with the healing forces that are available to me? And as we heal collectively, emotionally, physically, and psychically, and we get into right balance with ourselves and with our planet, we are healing our world. Is that specific enough for you? Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's a start uh, for sure. You know, basically it uh, it uh, helps us uh, become more self-aware. We see our patterns. We can stop our patterns. And you know, it all begins with with uh, ourselves. You know, and if everyone okay. were doing that, uh, then maybe how they are out in the world would change, and we would see a shift in overall consciousness. It wouldn't continue to be this dominator, greed-based, um, okay. you know, power over, you know, situation that we have. <clears throat> um, so yes, let me and ask Karen, you, I would say we, I would say we see into ourselves with greater acuity, and we see outside of ourselves with greater acuity. Again, we see what is going on on the energetic, interdimensional planes with this panoply of of beings that are operating and exerting influences. That is what we awaken to. And that is what patriarchy does not want. So is is that something you feel comfortable talking a little bit more about? Sure. I mean, I've had experiences of in, in plant medicine even most recently on Friday, I did a public oracle on my Marguerite Regal Yozo YouTube channel in ceremony with cannabis. I had a visitation by Buddha, who I have never seen before. I had a visitation by, um, and he gave me information about how best to navigate the inner planes. Um, I had a visitation by the angelic host. That I had never seen before. Um, I have had visitations and experiences with various um, 
gods of the Greek pantheon and goddesses of the Greek pantheon and Egyptian pantheon. And I have had experiences with star systems, feeling that their um, consciousness was connecting with me, the Pleiades and so forth. And, and I have also sensed into quite negative dimensions and uh, beings or, you know, cultures, we might call them, and what they've been up to, the, the extreme shenanigans. I have also um, been able to connect more deeply with what we might call the realm of the fairy, the fae, the elemental, the she beings of the earth that are um, in our, in our, on our earth, but in a phase shift away, connected very strongly with the nature realms. And what is their intelligence? What are they telling us? How, what is their gifting? What are they asking of us? How are they telling us that co-creation with them is going to benefit all of us? Honoring our nature in different ways instead of being destructive. So that's a little bit from my perspective. And I know that others who have gone on ceremonies, I've been in conversations with people for years, and the kinds of things they see, witness, and experience is mind-boggling. People have prophetic visions, or they have deeper understandings of hidden earth histories that have been obscured from our gaze. They understand things like the reality of Atlantis, the rise and fall of Atlantis, the rise and fall of Lemuria, you know, other time uh, zones and timelines that um, are, were, are talked to us uh, as have been presented as though they are fantasy. And you end up seeing the reality of that. Okay? I've seen the dark goddess. I've seen, I've gone in, I've seen the shadow side of all my mentors. I've seen the shadow side of myself. I mean, quite amazing when you get into yeah. psychic, psychic territory. Or is that going to be your next book? <laughs> well, you know what? My next book is called The Secret Life of Mother Mary, Karen, and it's coming out in July 2024. And the subtitle is Divine Feminine Power for Personal Healing and Planetary Awakening. So I work a lot with the Holy Family when I go into medicine now. Um, My primary medicines now are cacao and cannabis. And that and Blue Lotus are what we're going to be working with collectively, communally, uh, in my Sacred Feminine Online Plant Medicine Academy starting on September 5th. And one of the ceremonies is going to be going into the Holy Family. Who are they? What are they all about? Another one is going to be going into the realm of fairy. Who are they? What are they all about? Right? These types of things. Um, and I am, I am working with the sacred family, Yeshua, Magdalene, Mother Mary, others that were with them on how we can, you know, turn this world around and do continue and go deeper with the work that they came in to teach us thousand years ago in their most recent earth walk um, and eventually I may write something either a book that is based on oracle states from medicine or it could be a book that is about how to navigate medicine and um, you know what to be uh, alerted to the pitfalls and and the promise and all of that could well okay. be 
All right. Well, we'll have to be patient. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. Um, uh, well, you have so much already uh, published that uh, we'll have lots to keep us occupied as we wait for the next. Um, but right. uh, let's let's take <laughs> yeah. Um, let's take a break right now, and uh, when we come back, Marguerite, I want to talk more about uh, the actual usage, you know, what that looks like, uh, what does your academy teach. Uh, we'll start to go in, um, in that direction uh, right after this uh, uh, word from Joe Corson. Um, all right, here we go. This is uh, uh, Celebrate Wildness with Joe Carson. This is from Jonathan Nightshade, a Gardnerian high priest of the Whitecroft line, a traditional craft practitioner and researcher, writing about Joe Carson's book, Celebrate Wildness, Magic, Mirth, and Love on the Feriferia Path. I love this book, how special this work is and how appreciated. As someone who was young in the 1970s and through the years only found snippets of information on Feriferia, one of the first modern pagan paths, this book comes as an artistic revelation of the core practices of the way of the goddess and gods reborn for the next age of the Divine Maiden. She has clearly introduced the historical background, philosophy and ritual practices of the joyous wilderness mysteries of the fairy faith illuminated by the marvelous pagan art of Feriferia's founder, Fred Adams. I was very pleased that the high-quality production of this oversized volume makes it a collectible work of art, as well as a testament to the visionary philosophy of Fred Adams. I feel blessed that I received a copy. I will treasure it and look forward to the next book for more of the deep philosophy and ritual practice of Feriferia. Celebrate Wildness is a dense, art book quality hardcover book. You can get it for just $45 from the Feriferia website at feriferia.org. That's F-E-R-A-F-E-R-I-A dot org. Well, if you're just tuning in, uh, this is... Uh Karen Tate, uh, your host here on Voices of the Sacred Feminine. And today we are talking with uh, Marguerite Riedel-Yozo, and our topic today is Restoring the Sacred Feminine and Plant Medicine. So, uh, Marguerite, I want to talk a little bit more about usage. Um, I know it, it seems like there's so many different ways to go about this. I know my husband supplements, um, you know, gummies and tinctures that are cannabis with his, um, you know, regular medications for arthritic pain, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, there's no uh, psychological aspect to it. It's strictly pain reliever. Um, and then you, um, you know, you have other people, for instance, uh, a woman was telling me she's here in Oregon now, psilocybin is legal, and she went to um, school for, I think, six months to be able to be a psilocybin counselor. And the way that works is, um, you know, you have to fill out detailed questionnaires about your issues. They give you um, 
more than a microdose, I forget how much, uh, psilocybin. But then they sort of sit there with you, um, you know, as, as you, you know, kind of lounge there on a, you know, a, a couch and you go through uh, whatever it is that's going to come to the fore for you. Uh, and, you know, they're just kind of there monitoring you. They can maybe touch your feet, touch your shoulders, the top of your head, but no more than that. There might be a little bit of processing at the very end of that session. And then they get together again a few days later and really kind of process what came up for you in that session. And I'm curious, is, is that what you're talking about when you, just, you know, when you talk about what people are going to learn in your academy or how people should use this, you know, maybe with someone there to witness them? Um, could you explain all of that? Right. So what you're describing is what I call being a sitter for someone. So there are those programs that are training people to be sober sitters for others who are engaging in the plant and then using that therapeutically to see what emotionally and karmically is coming up in the session to help talk them through whatever it might be and then to integrate it several days later, which is a very important part of it, and that can be an ongoing type of integration that needs to happen. So that's being a sitter for, uh, you know, psilocybin-assisted therapy, ketamine-assisted therapy, you know, there are various ones. What I work with is creating a safe, protected, sovereign group container where we are all trained in how to use either blue lotus, cacao, or lady cannabis, how to prepare it, come prepared, online, we imbibe together, we have a ceremonial container of um, opening, you know, creating protected space, and then going through various journeys together, and then uh, transitioning out of it two and a half hours later. And usually what I have is a theme that is the overriding theme for the ceremony. Like um, the Blue Lotus one is going to be who are our star allies and how can we best access them. So as we are in this more open state of consciousness, we are looking together and individually at this question for ourselves. There is time for people to have their own exploration with this theme and specific questions that they will have brought in for themselves related to this. And then there is time for sharing. There might be things that are coming through that I'm inspired to do that are empowerments for people or to receive certain energies or to go on certain journeys and that sort of thing. So we are more like cosmonauts together traversing the inner planes in safety and in community. But this is and on then, a Zoom call, right? This is on a Zoom call, and it's quite effective, actually, because what okay. we all will go into a morphic field together, same, you know, similar to where when you're in person, but it creates a very nice boundary for everyone. When you're in person, you have to have stronger ceremonial boundaries, protocols, and so forth to help keep people in their own lane. 
And online, that's more automatically set up. People are in their own space. If they have any emotional reactions or need to call a friend to process something, they can mute and go and do that, you know, um, whatever the case may be. They can be listening to their own brand of music and that sort of thing. And then we come together and then we feel the collective morphic field again, right? So it's quite effective. And we, we did that with Blue Lotus in the summer, Blue Lotus, cacao, and cannabis. And by the time we got to the cannabis ceremony together, it was, you know, everyone is trained in how to create their own space, and then we do it collectively. We went into such an extraordinary fifth dimensional space where people were telepathic with each other. Um, they were sharing. It was like being more part of a spider's web where you can touch one part and the rest of it resonates. And that's, that's how we were together. It was like we, we came into our spider's web together. And it was extraordinary because everybody was getting such elevated, advanced information. You know, what I call divine Sophia wisdom, the gnosis that you talked about earlier on, gnosis, as we can pronounce it sometimes in English. The knowing, the deep knowing, I mean, it puts you in touch with that Sophia knowing, right? And then mm-hmm. from there, we're getting this information for our lives, for our world. So we had some individual experiences that we went into and then we had some collective intentional prayers that we did together sending out energies to various things or places or people in the world you know that kind of thing so each ceremony is quite individual and then in this particular fall uh, cohort um, people who didn't do the summer will be able to access all the information because there were teaching modules on each plant that were quite extraordinary. I had three guest teachers. And then they can take that into prep as prep for these ceremonies. And then we also have integration sessions, too, during the course of the two months, because this goes through the end of October. It's five ceremonies and then two group integration sessions. And that allows us to process through and share, you know, back in our more three-dimensional space, what happened? What's been going on? What questions are there? What needs, you know, and how are you fulfilling those needs that came up, et cetera? That's okay. the basic structure. So that's that's the academy, but say, um, mm-hmm. and, and that sounds like you've got a, a really great container, uh, you know, mm-hmm. there for someone to, you know, as a, as a option to go to. Uh, but what if you're not ready for that? You know, what if you're just starting out? You know, how does one um, learn about right usage rather than misuse? Um, you know, where right. do they kind of begin? Well, I would say that this is the exact place to begin, the Sacred Feminine Plant Medicine Academy, because to my knowledge, there's nothing out there like it with the information plus experience like and the thing is we always tell people you don't have to imbibe any of the medicines in fact quite a few people did not imbibe for example the cannabis that came onto the ceremony and had extraordinary experiences they did open their consciousness they connected with the morphic field so you can take it at whatever level you'd like imbibing non-imbibing but we provide the teaching modules for creating that sacred space and then all the information you need to know cognitively about Blue Lotus, her history, her chemicals, 
her effects. Mama Cacao, Lady Cannabis the same. Extraordinary information that these three teachers compiled that in and of itself is mind-opening, just hearing it, hearing this history restored to us. And then we also give the information about how to acquire and prepare your medicine to come ready to imbibe during the ceremony. Okay, we give all of that instruction. To my mind, I have not seen anything else like it out there. And if I were anyone starting out, I would want to be in a place like this. Okay, and is this just for women or is it uh, women no. and men? Women and men. All all gender identities are welcome. Okay. Um, okay, and um, I want to, you know, kind of track back to uh, the sacred feminine, um, mm-hmm. uh, restoring the sacred feminine in plant medicine. What does that mean? Well, it means, first of all, understanding that many of these plants, particularly blue lotus, cacao, and cannabis, are understood as feminine spirits, female plant devas, if you will. That fact has gone missing largely and ignored and even disrespected to our great detriment. Because it is important to understand that as feminine spirits, they bring in a certain energy and a certain opportunity to people that needs to be acknowledged, honored, and worked with. And so um, that's what we're all about. And we had a number of journeys in the summer, which are still accessible to anyone who joins for the fall, where we looked at the plant spirit herself. And most of them, you know, especially cannabis was like, I have been misused, misunderstood. Here are the levels of healing that need to happen, even just around my image, around how they have been hybriding me, how they have been used excessively, um, you know, and and in inappropriate ways. And, And we were just getting a lot of downpours of that information about the great healing toward and with Lady Cannabis that needs to happen, right? Because it's part of the dismissal of the goddess herself when we are not understanding that these plants, many of them have feminine natures. Ayahuasca is called the lady. It's it's a vine and a leaf put together, and it is understood to be feminine. Cannabis, long time understood to be feminine, and that is revealed in her her nickname, Santa Maria, or Marijuana, right? Mary uh, John, whatever, okay? Talking about the Holy Family there because you access those vibrations with the plant, or you can, and the more you tune into those vibrations of the plant, the more you gain the benefits of her sacred feminine healing and awakening power, you see? So this is all a part of the reawakening of our consciousness to the feminine aspect of the divine, and then how we cavort with that. Well, that that just sort of <clears throat> uh, makes me uh, think about the opposite. Uh, or there's some plant medicines out there that are uh, sacred masculine. Well, my intuition is that the the mushroom family is more like that. But I. I'm thinking in particular psilocybin, especially because of how it looks, smells, and tastes. It's very phallic. It's very semen-oriented. So to my mind, I I feel that more as a masculine spirit 
but there may be people who go in and feel it as a, as a feminine spirit. Um, and I am not as familiar with like Huachuma or the San Pedro cactus or the buttons, the peyote buttons. I'm not as familiar with those. Uh, but I do know, again, ayahuasca is considered the lady. So, okay. you know, this is, again, just opening our whole consciousness to the sacred feminine nature of the plant world, essentially. All right. And um, for somebody that uh, wanted to know more about the uh, about the academy and maybe, um, you know, working with you or the plant medicines, um, how what's the best way for them to find you? You can go to sevensistersmysteryschool.com and and I believe we have something on our homepage on our drop down about uh, recent courses and and um, our most popular courses or you can go directly to the site which is sevensistersmysteryschool.com slash plant hyphen medicine hyphen fall hyphen 2023. Plant hyphen okay. medicine hyphen fall hyphen 2023 and it's all there um, explained what we're doing what it gives people why this is so exciting right now why working in a group can be different from working individually and what you get out of it that type of thing very exciting all right well um, and I feel like um, maybe there's something more you wanted to say uh, that I didn't think to ask you. So um, I want to kind of give you that opportunity for the last word here. Well, this is, as I started out saying, all about awakening and healing, both individually and collectively. And the plant medicine is, is a really good ally in this work because it brings us so strongly into the higher dimensions that many of us are seeking. You know, Karen, there's a lot of discussion about moving into fifth dimensional consciousness. Well, you know, use any of these plants and you will immediately go into that and maybe higher dimensions, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So this is about connecting in with the exhilarating nature of the universe, of, of the divine, and aspects of this that, that have been suppressed and denied us for so many years, accessing our knowledge, our healing capacities, and our sovereignty in the universe so that we learn how to deal with these forces that are up against us in our families of origin, with all of this intergenerational trauma in our conflict and all that, how we can become strong and powerful and how we can move to the next level of our own spiritual evolution, how we can become those what I call Christ Sophia beings, right? One way of looking Mm -hmm. at it. The, the elevated anthropos, that is what Mary Magdalene and Jesus and all of those who were walking the earth 2,000 years ago were talking about, the exalted anthropos, the exalted human being. What is that? That is the original divine angelic human being before all of these things happened to humanity to dumb us down. So 
all of this is part of the great awakening and restoration of what the human really is, and, and that is an angelic being. And this plant medicine is also working in concert with the disclosure movements that are happening about the interdimensional beings that are with us that the government has been admitting for years and is now being pressed to do so because more and more people, as we saw with David Grush and this hearing in front of Congress, um, is happening. You know, well, who are these beings? Where are they coming from? This is not just about three-dimensional people from other planets coming in spaceships. It's like these beings are working the dimensions and we need to know how to access that once again. It's really all even mm. present in our world right now, but we just need to <clears throat> dissolve the veil of, of unseeing. And that's what the plants help catapult us into. So, well, um, well it makes, very, makes very think important. That yeah, I mean, it makes me think that so much of what we see on a daily basis is just noise and distraction. Um, you know, while it's, uh, you know, maybe important in its own way, uh, it's just kind of a, a minute uh, portion of the big picture. That's right. That's right. And things yeah. could be, this could be an Eden realm. Earth was once an Eden realm. And that is information that is not only in our sacred books, but that I received directly in some of my plant medicine ceremonies. Oh, this was an Eden. What does that mean? My gosh, how did that change? I mean, I was shown. I've written about this. And we want to restore Eden once again, and that is the garden in which every plant is sacred. Every plant is, <laughs> you know, contributing to our open state of consciousness, right? We are in harmony. And there are, you know, that's what we're, so many of us are trying to move toward. Okay. Well, thank you, Marguerite. Um, and as always, you know, you are, um, you are just a fount of information uh, on so many <laughs> um, trailblazing, um, you know, genres, arenas, uh, and, you know, you always have been. And, um, you know, I want to thank you for uh, sharing with my listeners this, um, you know, this new area that you are, um, you know, you're there with your um, – pink handled machete blazing a new trail so uh thank you for that <laughs> oh, thanks, all right and also for your work all right for your beautiful all right work. well good good luck with it and thank you and uh no doubt we'll be in touch thank you all right goodbye for now bye-bye <clears throat> Well, that about does it uh, for me today, listeners, and uh, I want to just uh, leave you with uh, one of my favorite quotes, actually two of my favorite quotes. Uh, the first is, um, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they attack you, then you win. And the, uh, the next is... Uh, it, and that's uh, actually an unknown author. Sometimes it's attributed to uh, different folks, but I don't think they really know who said that. And uh, sometimes it's first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. And the other is uh, 
something that uh, New York Times columnist uh, Nicholas Kristof said. He said, the dominant moral challenge we faced in the 21st century is gender inequality. And that's something to think about as we try to restore the sacred feminine uh, in all her many aspects uh, in the world today. All right. Uh, Thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in. Uh, I'd love to uh, hear from you if you um, have any comments, uh, show ideas, if you're interested in maybe running commercials about your work. Um, You know, I am open to that. Uh, A shout-out to uh, Diva Haley uh, for her music uh, opening up uh, the show today. And I just want to remind you, please go to my website, karentate.net. It is constantly um, being updated with new content, um, I think valuable tools uh, to uh, help us toward a more personal uh, level of transformation. So uh, thank you very much for listening. I know you have lots of choices. And uh, please tell your friends about Voices of the Sacred Feminine and uh, share it around social media, please. And there are 13 years of archives there, and uh, many of the uh, interviews are with our foremothers and way showers who have left this earthly plane, uh, but their voices live on there in uh, on Voices of the Sacred Feminine, men and women alike. Um, so please uh, avail yourself of their wisdom. And we'll close, as we always do, with an homage to Sekhmet, the lion-headed Egyptian goddess who teaches us strength, courage, tenacity, Uh, and to say no without guilt and have healthy boundaries. Hail Sekhmet. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary BDW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus